Hey y'all, this is Stacey Pearsall, and you're listening to Everything, my podcast where I talk about, well, everything. Hey everybody, it is episode number nine, and guess who is back by the microphone with me? Who's back? Who is? I am. Oh, okay. Well, I want to thank everyone for listening in on the last podcast and for all the positive vibes you've been sending me. And, of course, back by popular demand, Steve, Deb, Gary, Wayne, Joanne, Catherine, Sandy, Cindy, and so many more said that you need to be back here. So here we are. I've got my husband back in front of the microphone, much to his chagrin. chagrin. I had to, Yeah, chagrin. You're like, <laughs> he's always giving me a hard time for the words I use. I'm sorry. I like to use words. Yeah, your big words. Big words. Big words. Like chagrin. Chagrin, like chagrin. Vacillate. I like the word vacillate. Or waffling. Waffling. Grappling. Grappling? Grappling. Tomato, tomato. Do you even know what that means? Tomato? Yes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Most of you know from the last podcast that I got trampled by a horse, broke my hand, and was waiting to see the ortho surgeon. Well, I had called the VA several times to try and get in to see the ortho surgeon and nobody was calling me back. Finally, the nurse at the VA said, just go into the VA ER and make them see you, which Andy, you drove me downtown. I drove you downtown, dropped you off with Charlie. Yeah, because people aren't allowed in the VA as guests or- In other, the ER. In the, right. Well, anywhere in the VA unless, well, not even then because of the COVID situation. Right. So I went in, I saw the um, ER doc, and he was like, well, let me, let me walk you over to the ortho. And then the surgeon saw me right away, and he said, he looked at, they reaccomplished the x-rays. Mm-hmm. Went back downstairs to see the surgeon, and he looked at the x-rays, and he says, yes, the break is displaced, which was different from what we heard last week. Right. Well, and plus they did a CT scan. Well, only after. Right. But I think that even gave more information of how bad your hand is. Yeah, I've got... I've got two minor fractures in the wrist, which I'm told will be um, mended with a cast after surgery. So Right, but I think people want to know how gruesome will the surgery be? I don't really know. I don't really know. I know that there's a pretty gnarly um, fracture, right. and it is displaced, so my bone is sort of offset. The surgeon said that it may just be – they're going to try not to do any incisions. They're just going to try and – like drill right through my skin down into the bone drill into your skin yeah (laughs) don't do this at home kids yeah don't don't drill your own hand and i think they want to try and do local anesthetic or just a blocker a nurse they're not going to put you out i don't know they said that that's what they're going to may do right okay at any rate tomorrow you're driving me down to the va because i'm having surgery first thing in the morning Downtown and, Charleston. And yeah. downtown Charleston at the Ralph H. Johnson VA Medical Center. During traffic, my favorite time of the day. I know. I hate traffic, too. So we're going to get there super early. Very early. Like 5 o'clock. Ooh, I don't know about that. My my scheduled surgery time is 9.30 in the morning. And we'll probably, with my husband, as super early, probably be there two hours in advance. Yeah, we can just hang out and let Charlie do busy. Probably. Yeah, he likes busy. Ugh. Can we not talk about my dog's bowel movements? Is it, do they know what busy means? Probably not, but let's just move on. Okay. So you can't go in the hospital, which means that not only are we going to be there two hours early, but then you've got to wait, and, and I'm told four hours maybe from start to finish for my surgery. For your surgery, right. And they're not going to allow Charlie in just because... Why? Well, I'm going to be out. out 
no matter what, whether they give me goofy gas or they put me under anesthesia completely. So I won't be able to control Charlie. Typically, if I'm having a procedure like that, I will give Charlie to you, mm-hmm. but you can't be in the hospital. So therefore, I'm going to be without Charlie for four hours. I get Charlie. You do, but yeah. He's my buddy. Yeah, don't take off with my dog, okay? No, I won't kidnap him. Going to the VA today, like, or tomorrow, <laughs> is a lot better than it used to be. Because if you remember, I've been, I was in the VA two years prior to you retiring from service. Correct. Oh, wait. And I had been through the rigmarole and was already, had my mind wrapped around just how... You were how, already broke. They I, broke you in. Oh, man. I was a well, well-oiled machine yeah. by you, that time you were a veteran just taking whatever care they gave you oh yeah and then you came into the system you're like what the age is this? I was like my appointment's at noon and it's three o'clock i'm done see you later i think yes and it was traumatic wasn't it oh yeah i was just like why am i waiting here and everyone else was doing the same like people would take the entire day off to meet their appointment and it was it was ridiculous sure and the parking lot then, we didn't have the parking garage outside the Ralph H. Johnson VA Medical Center. So parking was a premium and anything downtown because there's not a lot of room of growth. Right. And when they encourage you, they tell you to drive down there and wait, you know, get there early like an hour. But mm-hmm. even an hour is not enough time to find parking. Oh, it's no. Nuts. No, no, no. Because I would go, I would have my weekly mental health appointments. and It I should would... have been daily, though. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, honey, to deal with you? Absolutely. Well, that might be hourly, I'm that, not sure. Yeah. yeah. Phone a friend. Anyway, I would go super early, get down there, and I would start like circling the parking lot like a shark, just waiting for somebody to leave. And often, I would not find a spot. I'd have to call my therapist, and she'd come down, and we'd drive around the parking lot together and do my session right. while I was driving That's around. That's nuts. It's nuts. Unacceptable. Yeah. And I was doing this all prior to you actually retiring from service. And I got so frustrated that I joined the steering committee. Like Right. That way you could actually give them input like, hey, this is these are the challenges and you know and you know, Cedric Ridersell always said if you're gonna say something's wrong, have three ways of fixing it. Absolutely. Right. Yeah, and I'm a firm believer in that too. You and I always say the the squeaky wheel gets the grease, but I also think that you need to be be offering that grease solution right if, you, yeah, if you're going to complain about it give reason, give solutions to fix it yes right and i think when i first got into the system there was an abundance of wonderful people but oh, yeah. also an abundance of not so great people and they had homesteaded in the va system it's like an act of congress to fire somebody in a government position but that's like any corporation or business well, sure. I, think, I mean, yeah. I don't know. That's kind but of your it's just opinion. A, it, I think it's easier for them to do that in the VA. Well, it's just VA. challenging me that it affects uh, patients and our yeah. our care. But now we have another auxiliary unit at the, in the Goose Creek at the Naval Base. You can go to the hospital there, and they have plenty of parking, and it's you're in and out no time. Yeah. Well, we're talking to people across the globe. Right. So, so for those of you who don't know what Andy's talking about, because he's notorious about talking about random small pe- small places and things, the Goose Creek is a naval weapons station, and the VA has a hospital clinic inside the, the Navy hospital. They yes. share it. And they share it. And it's it's really cool because it's That's great. not downtown. <laughs> Nothing against downtown. But there, since since enrolling in the system, the, I, not, I noticed a lot of problems, systemic issues mm. that could be easily fixed. And I joined the steering committee, and I offered up those viable solutions you were talking about. Right. And I went to a few of them and just watched how they would talk about things that didn't really matter to me. Yeah, that seemed really to matter to us. Right. 
And I think for me as a, a, a woman veteran as well, I noticed a lot of things going on because of course women are minorities in the military, but also even more so in the veteran community. Yeah. I mean, I very rarely see uh, a female patient, a lady patient down there. So when you were going down, there's obviously more patients that are ladies and you had to speak up and say, Hey, I need my, we need a, a section for women. Sure. If you're going to leave doors open while I'm naked. <laughs> oh, okay. So should I sh- share that story? Absolutely. Okay. I was in to see the doctor at the VA and I was undressed from the navel down and the doctor noticed that there weren't any rubber gloves to fit him. And he was like, oh, well, let me go check the other patient room next door. He opened the door to the main hallway, a main thoroughfare, and left me hanging ass out. Left you hanging. Left me hanging, <laughs> literally ass out, and walked out of the room while veterans were strolling by taking a glance. Right. Yeah. It's these kind of things that when you are working with males consistently, and that is the majority of the population within the veteran community, I, I don't want to say you get, um, what's the word I'm looking for, babe? But see, I don't know if he would have done that if that was a guy. Like, he would have done the same thing. I don't, I think they were oblivious to what they were doing. Sure. I. Right. Well, I guess what I'm saying is when you get into a routine and you get relaxed, right. you don't necessarily think that, hey, I'm a woman. Right. Maybe don't leave me hanging. Right. Absolutely. Complacent. Complacent was the word I'm looking for. Gotcha. Yes. Okay. Well, I also not only had it coming from the VA healthcare providers, but also volunteer services. Like the Red Cross was set up one day and they were in the um, Main waiting lobby. Room. Yeah. Right. And I was waiting for my neurologist appointment, which was like two hours late, typical. And I went out to get uh, one of the free sodas and cookies they were passing out. And the gal slapped my hand away and said, those are for veterans. Ow. Yeah. That's not That cool. cut me deep. Cut me real deep. Yeah. Yeah. But you had an experience when... After two years of me already being in the system, I was like I, we like we talked about at the beginning, well worn in. You you were conditioned. And yes, I was very conditioned. But you came into the system and just had a complete blowout. Talk about that. Yeah, it was my very first um, appointment with a doctor. Um, I was down there waiting. I was supposed to be there at noon, so I'm there obviously at ten. <laughs> Wait, because I'm early, right? So and it's I like twelve thirty, one o'clock. I'm like, where's the doc? Oh, is he at lunch or is he with another patient? And it was like, oh, this is just normal. Mm-hmm. So around 3 o'clock, I was like, I'm done. I'm leaving. And you were there for an appointment as well. So as I'm leaving, the doctor shows up and says, well, I'm here. I'm like, that's that's fine, but I'm done. Yeah. I'm done waiting for you. I have stuff to do. I remember his eyes got really big. As- shocked. He was like, I can't believe a patient's leaving. I'm like, I can't believe you were three hours late. Right? No respect. Right. None. So It was almost as if we were supposed to be thankful that they would condescend to treat veteran patients. Well, I just think they, like most veterans at that time, and maybe still to this day, they took the whole day off. And some veterans don't, they're retired, so they don't have a, you know, a job or they, they can take a day and just say, I'm going to sit at the VA from 8 a.m. till 5, and whenever my appointment happens, I'll just be there. Yeah. Well, some of us still work. So for me to take a day off for an hour appointment is ridiculous. Right. It's ludicrous. It's crazy. And yeah. no one on the civilian healthcare side would have that. Would That that wouldn't fly. Well, I've never been. I mean, when I was a kid, my dad was in the military. So I never experienced what civilian healthcare is like. But I can't imagine you're paying someone and you're going to wait three hours. That's no, nuts. No, no, yeah. no. Yeah, I... 
I think that they had a lot of growing pains. Absolutely. And, if, you know, they should just have your your expectations should be like, today's a bad day, it's mm-hmm. going to be slow or mm-hmm. whatever. Just like let you know, communicate, hey, we're going to we're going to be slow today. Right. So I think to be fair as well, the veteran community, we have a lot of baggage that we bring in as well. And there are many of us and, and I'm included in this um, where I was not mentally stable and I would get angry just about everything. And I think that that in the face of veteran employees every day had to have put them in a very, you know, touchy situation because if you're dealing with one angry, disgruntled veteran after another, and then to have these systemic issues which are like fuel to the fire, now you're just waiting for this tinderbox to explode. Am I right? You're right. Well, I mean, you're talking about the VA medical staff waiting for you to explode? Well, I think both sides probably. Well, I mean, but if you're in the healthcare, you know, that's your job. You should, that's your bedside manner has got to be on par every day. Yeah. Well, sometimes there's no pleasing people. And I, and I think, um, you know, there were days where I was in a dark place and there was no pleasing me. I granted waiting three hours for an appointment or trying to find parking or trying to find parking. All of these were just adding on to the burdens. But anyway, 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 I think it goes further back than that, though. Like, when I first started going into the VA system, they would ask me questions in an open room full of other dudes. Well, you should even start. Like, when you would walk in, they're like, are you here to pick up your grandfather? Oh, oh my gosh. I don't know how many times. If I had a nickel for every time somebody asked me if I was there with my husband, my dad, or my grandfather. Because women aren't in the military. Sure. I mean, a woman could not be a veteran. No, never. How, How could they? Well, I mean, I've talked to you about this a lot. Right. And I think we all have this ingrained vision of what a veteran looks like. And it doesn't really. Well, on TV, movies, it's usually a man. Sure. A white guy. Yeah. Yeah. Which is not the case. No. I mean, the military is very diverse. And and so is the veteran community. And I think that that's why I really wanted to set about the Veterans Portrait Project to change how people view the veteran community. But that is a whole nother podcast. That's another podcast. A couple of podcasts. A couple of podcasts. So in the moment, the VA, I went to um, get triaged by a nurse. And the only thing separating from myself and the next cubicle over was a sheer curtain. And there was probably six of these little cubicles lined up. And the nurse was asking me, um, what my last menstrual cycle was. And, <laughs> when was your last period? Yeah, when's that? When, <laughs> excuse me, um, Miss Pearsall, when was your last period? And I, I, like, listen, I, I had to drop trowel in front of dudes when I was in Iraq and and pee, and everyone was very gentlemanly, right? right? You were so doing your, right, you're doing I, your I had to do a human thing, right? And they were very respectful, but. In this instance, the veteran who is in the cubicle next to me, I think, was so stunned that somebody was asking about a menstrual cycle that he leaned back in his chair like, to well, view he, past the curtain. And, uh, he doesn't want to hear that. He doesn't want to know when you had your last period, right? I don't know what he does or doesn't want to know. All I know is that he I... He doesn't want to know. Okay. Well, that's fair. Um, I have been whistled at, catcalled, hit on... Uh, visually undressed by countless fellow veterans and then passed over, not looked at as a veteran and treated as a non-veteran in the, in the VA. And the other thing that frustrated the hell out of me was I don't think that other 
veterans had to continually explain their combat experience and what their combat traumas were as in relation to their disabilities. Right. Like I said earlier, typically we associate veterans as men, but I would say a lot of the guys that are in there have like a big veteran hat on, like Korean vet or Vietnam vet or Iraqi. It's like <laughs> like the truck driver it's, hat. It's a billboard. It's a like, truck driver hat. Like, I'm is... a veteran. I should be here. Sure. Right. Yeah. Um, and I, you're not gonna. You don't dress like that. I'm not down with a big truck driver hat. No, I, I'm not a fan of that either. But right. But I. Sh- the point is, I shouldn't have to be a walking billboard. Right. You're either. in the building for a reason. Right. And not to pick up your grandfather. Not to pick up my husband from his doctor's appointment. Anyway, I digress. The whole point was, I would go up to my my therapy, my weekly therapy, and there would be women, fellow women veterans, sitting amongst other men who were catcalling them, whistling at them, undressing them with their eyes and making them feel very uncomfortable. And the thought had crossed my mind that some of these women might be there because they are military sexual trauma victims who are coping with the aftermath and how unfair it was for them to be in a waiting room with other men who could potentially be triggers for them. Right. And then, you know, you're trying to heal from these experiences and then being re-traumatized. To me, it seems so obvious that the change would be to offer another waiting room. For ladies. For the ladies. Right. And and then to also talk about a dedicated doctor for women, because I was only offered one type of birth control. Really? Yeah. What was they said, that? They said, here, we've only got one type of birth control in our pharmacy. Shotgun? Ew, you're so crude. No. no for me. Oh, yes. <laughs> Silly. Um, what do they call those things? You know, they castrate cows with the emasculator? And it... You're, what you know, is that? On Dr. Pohl. You guys have watched Dr. Pohl? Uh, well, I don't like seeing that, but they're going to... How would they... They're going to castrate you? You don't have anything to castrate? Not castrate me. Castrate they're me. Gonna, <laughs> <laughs> these are the options. You can have this type of birth control pill, or you can have an emasculator. That's what you got. No. Anyway, you're safe. Yes. So I joined the steering committee to talk about things as fundamental as breast pumps for nursing mothers, for having more than one option of birth control pills, yada, 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 yada. And then to talk about the systemic changes that needed to to be applied to the VA to make us not feel triggered every time we go. Because we had multiple lines just to get reimbursed for travel pay. Right. At the, when you're done with your appointment, you have to go back to the uh, check-in desk to check out mm-hmm. to validate you did your appointment. So you're already in the system that's saying you checked out of your appointment, that you went through it. Then you have to go downstairs, wait in another line that could take 30 minutes to an hour. And you love lines. I, yes, I love them. With a bunch of disgruntled veterans. You being one of them. Yes. Well, no, not really, but sometimes. <laughs> to show your ID card to a person to, to say, yes, you did go to your appointment. And then go to another line to get your whatever five bucks for fuel. Uh-huh. And then you can go home. Well, so some people travel a lot further. Than right. So uh, if you're coming from Myrtle Beach and it's whatever, yeah, so they get reimbursed. And the thing is, none of this could be done electronically. You know, they had to pay you in cash. Yeah. Which is... It's strange, strange, right? So when you check out, shouldn't it be automatically in the right. system that you, you went to your appointment? Right. If I, went to the ortho, if I went to the ortho and I show them my ID card that I'm leaving... That should have sent a signal downstairs. Yes, Dunaway was done with his appointment. Yes, Dunaway gets his five bucks. He's on his way. Right. 
Yeah. And you're done. And you can go get your medicine and be gone. Yeah. Yeah. It was art. It's just so painful. Painful. And then if you needed pharmacy, that right. was another hour and a half. But I think hours. they've got, I mean, we were just there the other day for your ER and it seemed to be much better. Much they, more efficient. Right. And I think they stood up veteran advocacy operators and right. I've met a number of wonderful people and they also set up a woman veterans advocate. So for women veterans like myself, we can reach out to uh, this beautiful person directly and mm. they will um, help us with our needs and get us through that system. Well, right. And now they, they, they also have the web site where you can go on to my healthy vets wait did you just say web the web site the internet is that on the line the, on the line oh my god you're so old <laughs> oh my gosh well the, i mean look at the veterans how most of them still have they probably AOL. don't know how to operate a computer honey yes but i think it's easy i can message my doctor directly now is that wild or what that's super wild it's great all of these things aside the i feel very lucky and fortunate to be covered with healthcare from the VA. Absolutely. Because I think the doctors are really, really invested oh. in, in veteran healthcare. Absolutely. Yeah. And we have, we're co-located with MUSC. So a lot of our doctors come from MUSC, which stands for? Medical University of South Carolina. There you go. Yes. And I, I also think that there are many veterans who leave the service and then go into the VA system to continue their service through um, a, a continued government job, which I think is excellent. I think there's nothing better than to be treated by a fellow veteran because they understand they, they where can, we're coming right, from. Right. They can talk the talk and walk the walk. They understand when you talk about IEDs or if you're an 11 Bravo or whatever it is, they can they can relate. <laughs> what is 11 Bravo, babe? Those 11 Bang Bang. What is an, inf- what's that, an 11 Bang Bang? Those are the dudes that are the infantry guys. Yeah. That's, your, that's the guy. Yeah. That's the guy you want. Well, I think the Marines have infantry as well. Yeah, but I don't know what their MOS is, so I wouldn't know what to say they are. Honey, people don't know what MOS is. What is MOS? Uh, that's an army term. Huh. What is it? Military occupation something or other? Service. I don't know. But Who it, knows? <laughs> hey, for all you army people, tune into everythingstacy.com and let us know what MOS stands for. I'm sure we could uh, Google it. Who needs Google when we have army fans for the podcast? Do you have army fans or listeners? Maybe. Maybe. I know at least a few that I was deployed with that listen. So for all you two people, <laughs> let me know what MOS stands for. Anyway, so tomorrow I go in for surgery. I am really have a lot of faith in the surgeon and the PAs and the nurses and the healthcare providers at the VA. And they have made great strides in the changes over the last decade. And I think nothing shows just how much they care than to actually facilitate these changes and and to really get into the 21st century. I agree. Yeah. And for all of those who've provided health care for the veterans, present and past, thank you for the service that you do for us veterans. Are you ready for another six weeks of uh, pasture cleaning? Oh, I enjoy it so much. You know, the pooping and scooping, but Bob... I enjoy seeing Bob every morning. Just so we're absolutely clear, when I got trampled, Andy stepped up and has been doing the heavy lifting because I literally can't with one hand. And every day, twice a day, I would go out and I'd feed the horses. Once a day in the morning, I would go out and, and scoop poop. Right. Well, now you're on pasture patrol. And does it make sense now 
how worn out I was by the time I came back. Well, in the let's morning. be fair. When you first started, you were using a wheelbarrow, and then yeah. I said, let's take the Gator, and you could drive around. Well, what's a Gator for people who don't know? It's like yeah. an ATV with a with a dump on the back. With a dump truck on the right. back. So you could drive around and pick up the poop. And then dump it into a pile. A large pile that we moved today. Like yes. Yeah. Well, we'll get there. Okay. So are you finding that you have muscles you didn't know you had before? I, I had them. I just haven't used them in a while. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you've got old old man joints. Are they creaking? They're very old man joints, yes. And yeah, they're not so happy every day, but it makes me smile when I get to see Bob. Yeah. So who's Bob? Maybe Bob is our baby donkey. Yeah. He's our gift. And he's two from, months old. From right? Jojo. Right. Okay. We adopted Flo. Flo we got last year, which I don't remember. but Late we did. last year. Right. Like December 2019. Right. When you were still at Trisha's place. Yeah. Right. We adopted Flo from the equine rescue of Aiken. 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 Aiken equine rescue. Wow. Say that fast three times. And then we moved out to Low Country Acres. In March. In March. No, it was February. Anyway, well, February 28th, March. We decided that Flo needed a friend. I said, Flo looks lonely. Let's get another donkey. So I went back up to Aiken Equine Rescue and adopted Jolene, jo who we jo. called Joe. So we've got Flo and Joe. And, and we didn't know that Joe was pregnant. No, we didn't know. I had the veterinarian come out just to do a cursory preg check and health check and found out Flo was not pregnant, but Jolene was. Right. And then Bob was born in July. Yes, he was. And which was very, very late because everyone would say, oh, he'll be born on Monday, like three months later on Monday. <laughs> yeah, um, she really held on to that baby. She was stubborn to she her. She was very stubborn. Like she was definitely an ass. Well, she's stubborn as an ass. A donkey. She's a donkey. No, I won't say ass. I mean, I just did. But you just did. I did. You can beep it. No. Okay. Bob, but Bob is amazing. He has hair like a pair of Uggs. He's so fluffy. They should name a pair of boots after him. He's so fluffy. He's soft. They, yeah. And soft. genuine. And for those of you who want to see what Bob looks like, follow my social media, or you can look up Andy Dunaway or Low Country Acres. And for any of you who have a really cool VA story, um, that's the Veterans Affairs, by the way. Yeah, you should tell them. I, yeah, and ER stands for emergency room. If Does you didn't it? know what that, oh, there yeah, you go. there you go. I still don't know what MOS means. Well, we, we haven't Googled it yet. We haven't Googled it. Yeah. All right. Well, anyway, if you have a really cool story you want to share, visit everythingstacy.com or visit me on social media, Stacy Pearsall. And, and our, uh, share them. And our next episode is going to be about your recovery? I guess so. Maybe. We'll see. How maybe, fun surgery is? Maybe if you're lucky, I won't wake up from anesthesia and you'll cash in that big insurance check. Yeah. No. Then I'll have to do all the poop by myself. I'll have to drive the gator and pick up the poop. Well, I guess that's that's something you're saddled with. That's my life? Yep. <laughs> and I will have once single-handedly... Ruined your life. No. <laughs> then I get Bob to myself. That was an evil, diabolical laugh. Did you like that? Yeah, but who gets Charlie? Oh, I don't know. You'll have to fight Olivia Poff for him, I think. I think Olivia would let me have him. For, just for pity's sake. Oh, I don't know. You don't know? Yep, I don't know. Well, I will um, see you on the flip side of surgery. And um, I will talk to the rest of our podcast listeners next week. I'm Stacy, and... And I'm Andy. And we'll chat with you next week. Be, Be well. well.